Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're hailing from. Welcome to another edition of the DevOpsish podcast here on Twitter Spaces. For those that want to turn in live, hit my profile up on Twitter, uh, Chris Short, all one word, two S's, and then you can follow along with us here. Uh, as always, the DevOpsish podcast is not a regurgitation of the newsletter. It's actually an analysis of the news that would feed the newsletter. And we'll share that all here. But just to give some folks some context, it is Halloween. This is the extra spooky edition. We'll talk about scary things if we want. Um, feel free to unmute yourself or you know chime in at any point in time if you're live here. And we'll get this party started. Um, to give folks some context, last week was KubeCon. Uh, KubeCon was here in the Detroit metro area in downtown Detroit. I was very, very excited to have my friends, my Kubernetes fellow contributors, whatever you want to call them, uh, all in the same place that I live. Like that in and of itself was just mind blowing. Having the conference here was a major win for the city. And I know some folks didn't have a good time in Detroit, and I'm deeply sorry about that. I really am. However, I know that there's a lot of folks that took away some good stories from Detroit. And I hope that you can spread those stories far and wide and help Detroit with its image problem. Um, I will continue to do my hard work around that image problem. Uh, I don't expect everyone to pick up that mantle and carry it for me, but uh, it was a big win for the city. And I'll just leave it at that as far as how important QCon was to Detroit, right? Like this was our first big tech conference ever. Keep in mind, 15 years ago, we were in bankruptcy here. We had a mayor that was corrupt and sent to prison and getting rid of that corruption takes years getting rid of the blight that impacted the city is still in progress um but as you noticed in downtown it was pretty cleaned up right as far as like there weren't any buildings that had soot and like rusted dust and hang it was just anyways the past five years since i've lived here have been a massive transformation imagine what it was like in 2007 and the worst of it all when the economy was so bad here in Michigan that my wife had to move to North Carolina before I met her, which is where we met. Like she had to leave, not just like and go one state over, but four states over to find a job. Like that's how bad it was here. Um, but now we live here. It's a thriving city. It's an amazing place. On to the news. Um, first of all, if you're listening to this and you work at Twitter, you have uh, my deepest sympathy right now as you're going through your transition uh, to your new owner and going private and what all that means to everybody. And yeah, there's, I tweeted out this morning, there's so many stories and rumors and et cetera, et cetera, happening with Twitter right now. There's no point in me sharing anything until I get confirmation that something is actually happening. Um, Cause it's just like the front page of tech meme is just covered in Twitter news. And like, that's not good for anybody, <laughs> you know, right? Like, that's not good for uh, anybody on Twitter, let alone the owner or uh, the employees. So I say that going into the analytics for Twitter. Uh, again, if you've been laid off or fired, please let me know. I'm trying to figure out what's going on over there and trying to get people the truth. Um, all right. First news item du jour. Meet the Windows servers that have been fueling massive DDoSs for months. Misconfigured CLDAP services on MS domain controllers are amplifying flood attacks. Folks, if you're not analyzing the traffic that's coming out of your network for anything malicious, you're missing a big part of the puzzle, right? Like, 
you need to inspect inbound and outbound traffic as it happens, right? Like, don't wait until it's too late or something like that. Uh, start looking at your outbound traffic now for signs of malicious activity. Analyze your uh, DNS logs, right? Like, you should be looking up and protecting your users against known bad host names. You can find those known bad host names at places like CISA and um, I would say uh, InfraGuard, which is the FBI private sector joint kind of team working on Homeland Security type stuff and internet crimes. Uh, like if you're here in the US, that's a viable option to go find bad host names, but there's tons of lists of malware related host names that are already out there that you can consume. And actually, EasyList is one of them. However, it's getting DDoSed by, you know, third-party browsers uh, in the Android ecosystem. So, you know, look at AdGuard. It has a copy of the list. NetDNS has a copy of EasyList baked into it. And, and you know, there's a lot of bad traffic hitting EasyList directly as opposed to, like, trying to download a cache and save it for an hour. It's hitting at four times for every request kind of thing. So easy list is having problems. I'm sure we'll come across an article today. If not, I'll try and find and share one. Um, another note here. I should find a shadow uh, in the Kubernetes community. A few people have reached out and contacted me about that. Basically, I just need y'all to show up to the contributor comms meeting so I can teach y'all like the technical parts of what's happening. And that could require some one-on-one -on -one sessions. And they're, you know, my friend Dustin, another friend, Kami, he, like, not Kami, Kami, I forget how to say his name. Anyways, they both responded and said, yeah, I'll show up to the meetings, but go look at uh, kubernetes.dev. There is a community calendar. Uh, it is called the Upstream Marketing Meeting on that calendar. I've got to get that fixed still, but yes, join us there. There are technical bits that come with contributor comms, like how do people get tweets out? We actually have a GitHub process for that. That needs maintenance um, because it has commands like validate and it uses an upstream project and it's a GitHub action and all these other things, right? So anybody can request to send a tweet out through GitHub, which is amazing. Um, so we do stuff like that. We write, sure. We, we talk to other members of the community, sure. But there is a technical part of this that we need help with. And it can't be always the youngest person in the room that's constantly helping kind of thing. Anyways. Um, something, yeah, something that was pointed out to me that I kind of want to amplify here is the social media landscape and the current political landscape in the U.S. are kind of one and the same, right? Like what we're seeing on social media and across the U.S. is the byproduct of real news having paywalls and the fake stuff being free. So like, keep in mind, all the fake news is free because they run on ads or, you know, subscriptions or something like that. And all the real news is paywalled because you can only read like three articles a year on New York Times or a month on New York Times and Washington Post and all this other stuff before you have to have a subscription. Now, I have subscriptions to everything, but that doesn't mean I can share everything that they put out out, right? Like I have to minimize the number of links to certain paywalled sites and every email. And even then, I don't feel like I do like an excellent job at that. So just keep that in mind. If you're thinking about putting your stuff behind a subscription or putting your stuff behind a paywall, think about the public good that you can do with it just being open, right? So keep that in mind. Now, with that, I have moved uh, my Mastodon instance 
or whatever my instance of choice is to a different server. Uh, and that server is actually maintained by the one and only Chris Nova. It's called hackyderm.io, um, as in pachyderm, but just hackyderm. Um, I have an invite link. I can send that out to all here in just a second. Let me grab it off my website. Okay, there we go. And no, not select all, open sesame. There we go. So yeah, like if you want to join a good Mastodon server that will be main take, taken care of, won't have a lot of trolls, you know, that kind of thing. Like I, I told Chris I can help her with capacity and whatever she needs. Um, so yeah, very cool. Uh, but check it out. There's a link in chat. And uh, let's see. Oh, and one last thing from Twitter this morning. Um, so Microsoft actually released a like good arm system for developers to test against. And when I say good, I mean that like Microsoft good, not exactly good good because it's still a Snapdragon Qualcomm chip, which we all know Qualcomm and ARM are fighting and thus Qualcomm chips aren't the best and so on and so on. And yeah, it's just the nature of the beast, I guess, at this point. So let's just continue to keep that in mind. But yeah, Microsoft is selling a $600 mini PC with a Snapdragon, Snapdragon 8 CE or CX Gen 3 has 32 gigs of RAM, 512 gigs of storage, 600 bucks. I mean, that's a good ARM machine if it weren't a Qualcomm chip. That's my only thing, right? And then talking to Ed Villametti uh, at KubeCon this week, this past week, right? Like he had the same sentiment, right? Like, oh, why couldn't they have gone with literally any other chip? Um, but I guess when you think about it, there's not many ARM chip makers in the US. Right. Like, I mean, there are globally, but if you're trying to make and bake and sell a product here in the U.S., I guess you're reaching out to Qualcomm for ARM chips, which is kind of not so great. I wish there was I wish I knew of other uh, ARM chip makers here in the U.S. I'm sure Micron does something, but I don't I can't definitively say yes or no to that. All right. Moving on to the DevOps subreddit. If you're not a member of the DevOps subreddit, I highly encourage you to join it. Um, it all the news that I share lands there first. So if if you want to drink from the fire hose, you can actually do like an RSS reader on the subreddit and off you go. Um, you will drink like almost immediately when I share out or when I send something to my share queue and buffer, it actually lands in Reddit immediately. So that's the fastest way to get the info from me is the DevOps subreddit. So uh, looking at the top news for the past week, Kathleen Booth, uh, the inventor of assembly language, uh, passed away this past week. Um, and, you know, it's, it's always sad when we lose these, you know, brilliant people in tech. Uh, I always wish that I could, you know, have had a chance to interview them or talk to them or, you know, them talk more to us as communication has grown so much, uh, and ways to communicate have grown so much, but yeah, not exactly a sad story. She lived, Kathleen lived to be a hundred years old. Like that's a good life. You invented assembly. That's, that's an amazing life. I just wish there was more info from her out there in the world. Right? Like, yes, I know she gave a lot to us already, but it'd be nice to hear more about the culture and how things have changed and how things need to be fixed. still. like, that's what I'm going for. Moving on, uh, 50 useful Vim commands. Like it's not often that I, that one of these, you know, kind of listicles gets my attention. But 50 useful Vim commands where it's like, 
oh yeah, that's how I remember how to do that, right? Like this one's definitely worth uh, bookmarking or, you know, saving in your note tool of choice and referencing later kind of thing. It's a good list, right? Like how to navigate, how to move around, how to remove characters, how to add characters, you know, all that stuff. Add a line, the whole nine yards. Set up numbers, not numbers, whatever you want. They're all listed here and it's kind of nice. Uh, next up, like it was a, kind of a busy week for news. Um, there's this new site. It's called sadservers.com. You heard that right? Sad servers, as in like the servers are broken and they're sad. Um, and you can go to that and you can like play kind of capture the flag type challenges to, you know, help you prove and improve your debugging skills, practice for an interview, whatever. But basically it gives you a full remote Linux environment and a problem to fix. So you can just grab a server and like it has something wrong with it and you have to go fix it. Or you could kind of pick and choose from a list of servers, which is kind of nice. Um, highly encourage you to be like, yo, this is dope. Follow them, you know, all that stuff on the Twitters and the, the uh, GitHubs. It's, it looks like a good time. Um, I haven't tried it out yet. Obviously, I'm taking a break after KubeCon. Uh, for folks who don't realize it, I am not working today. Um, why? Well, because I did KubeCon last week. And I wrote about that in my newsletter. It was very physically challenging, uh, more so than normal, because I'm dealing with a really bad case of tennis elbow from not tennis. But um, with that being said, I am taking today off to do full recovery because yesterday was Max's birthday. Today is Halloween. So it's like, could I work today? Yes. Would I be better off not working? Yes. So that's what I'm doing. Um, I'm taking a very pragmatic approach to this from now on. It's not going to be like cries for help. It's going to be playing in advance whenever possible. Um, you know, and when I can't take it anymore, I can't take it anymore. Um, it kind of sucks that conferences can do that to me. But this is one of the QCon's one of those conferences where I show up on Sunday and I leave on Friday normally. And like, as my disability evolves, as I have other injuries, those days have changed. Well, not those days. Like QCon EU and Valencia, I left early because A, it was just a logistical nightmare. And I was definitely taking a toll uh, during the conference just physically because everything was like 20 minutes away, you know, <laughs> or like right next to your hotel. Um, but there were no hotels next to the venue. And because of masking back and forth policies, uh, there was... It started to look like it could have turned into a super spreader event, so I got out of there on Wednesday, right? Like, I did the Contributor Summit, I did my Day Zero event, and now I'm out. Uh, and, and you know, maybe that is the right approach, because I know a lot of folks, uh, that, like, I showed up on Tuesday, and I'm leaving on Wednesday, or Thursday, I mean. Or you're like, yeah, I showed up on Monday, I took Tuesday off with no zero days, just enjoyed the city, and or the destination, wherever you want to call it, and then come back to work you know, on Wednesday for the full first day of the conference. And I tried to do that this conference. It turns out that everything goes fine and dandy until there's a wrinkle in your schedule. When I say a wrinkle, I mean like a lock not working, you know, to your hotel room door. Uh, that was my wrinkle in particular. Uh, so I couldn't get access to all the meds that were inside, the ice packs, the, the heating pad, everything I needed. Massage gun was all in that room because I was, you know, just take the phone, take your, your mask and go kind of thing. Key card wouldn't work on the door. A couple hours later, it did work. Don't know what happened, but it was enough to throw the therapies off schedule. 
that it kind of, from Wednesday night on, it just got harder and harder and harder. And I ended up leaving early on Friday. Um, yeah. So when a disabled person misses something, it's, it's a problem, right? Like if you're off by multiple hours, that will throw off your whole day. Uh, I'm glad it happened towards the end of the day over like the beginning of the day. But yeah, the intent was go back, rest up, do these physical therapy things and you'll be fine. Um, moving along. Knative 1.8 has been released. Um, what's new in this release? Let's see. Uh, breaking our notable changes. Mac OS binaries have been notarized. So you should be able to run them right away on downloading. Good job. I need to reach out to them and figure out how they're doing that. Yeah, not having to change gatekeeper settings is nice. Uh, Security Guard Alpha is now released to allow cyber monitoring and control of Knative services. Interesting. Also uh, uses the cluster domain suffix service.cluster.local as the default. As routes using the cluster domain suffix are not exposed through ingress, users will need to configure DNS in order to expose their services. Most users probably already are. Good to know, though. Uh, uh, horizontal pod autoscaler has been upgraded to the Verb V2 API of autoscaling. Uh, services may now set seccomp profile and security contexts. Uh, you can do restricted pod security standard best practices now. Um, the last one, this, I, this is a weird change. Increase the outbound context deadline and reconcilers to 30 seconds from 10 seconds to match the maximum Kate's webhook timeout. Interesting. Uh, that's just, you know, one of those things where it's like, yeah, 10 seconds for Knative, but the default on the system we're running on is 30, so we should just line up with that. Kind of brilliant. All right, new features. Uh, timeout handling and activator when processing a request for revision. Empty dir volumes feature flag is now enabled by default. Uh, queue proxy explicit set, set comp profile to runtime default to be able to run under restricted PSP policy by default. And last but not least, save data for perf tests to create a dashboard. Very nice. Uh, congrats to Knative community on their 1.8 release. I forget if I shared this link, but I will share again just in case. All right, moving along. Um, we already talked about that. Not really a big deal. All right, uh, the big tech hiring slowdown is here and it will hurt. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of layoffs lately. In my newsletter, not this past newsletter, newsletter before that, I was like, I'm gonna keep reporting on layoffs until they stop happening in mass like they are. Um, any news you've heard about Twitter layoffs over the weekend is f apparently false. Uh, so a Twitter engineer reached out to me and said, yeah, there's been no, uh, layoffs this weekend other than the notable executives that were fired. Um, but then there's this layoffs.fyi site that is mentioned in this article that I like to take a look at a little bit more. Let me share both of those links real quick. There's one. And this layoffs.fyi site will literally tell you, like, these are the folks that are doing layoffs right now. And it's not that, like, a layoff is bad, right? Like, sometimes businesses legitimately have to do layoffs. Like, there's really good reasons for that, right? Like, a recession being one of them, but, like, tightening up your business model so that it can survive a recession is a big deal. And a lot of startups are, like, off on that right now. Um, so they're, you know, obviously those folks are going to hurt the most and that sucks, but it's just the way it goes. 
So yeah, read that article, get ready for the future, make sure you got some money in the bank, you know, be ready to, you know, myself included, be ready to let, be let go at any point in time. It's hard to imagine, but yeah, it, it can happen to anybody. So just keep that in mind. Um, did the hackyderm.io sign up already? A lot of people in the press are saying we're going to need uh, an alternative to Twitter. I don't know if Mastodon is it, given how unuser friendly it can be at times. You know, like figuring out if I'm going to see something from another server should not require a flowchart. Just saying, right? Like there should be some better explanation of that. Um, all right, moving on to the one, the only LinkedIn. And I'm on the right page here, so cool. Let's hit refresh just so I get the latest stats. Uh, somebody's trying to call me, but that got blocked. So thank you for that. Um, moving along, moving along, moving along. There's a lot of new stuff from this morning that's been shared out. Sure, more, yeah. Show more results, please. Ah, here it is. Helm dashboard. This is what I've been waiting to talk to you about for a little bit. If you're a Helm user, and uh, I'm sure a lot of you are, uh, Commodore uh, with a K, they have created the UI for Helm, the missing UI for Helm. You can visualize your releases with this tool. It is literally, as it's described, a Helm dashboard. This had by far the most social engagement of anything that I've shared this week. Um, it's, it's really cool. Just from the screenshot itself, like it looks dope. And I, like you can see all your charts that are installed, the revision history, you can manifest diffs, you know, past versus, you know, whatever revision. Um, you can browse Kate's resources resulting from the chart kind of nice, right? Like your Helm charts using resources in a weird way. You can kind of click into that a little bit. Easy rollback or upgrade versions. Clear and easy uh, manifest if to do that with too. Uh, it has integration with, you know, popular problem scanners, uh, like how they call them problem scanners, not just security scanners. And you can easily switch between multiple clusters with it. And to install, it's just a Helm plugin and off you go. Uh, yeah, it's kind of fun. It, it looks really cool and you should probably check it out because I feel like Commodore is really onto something with this one. I would not be surprised if they made more kind of like dashboard utilities as a result of this. It's, it's slick. It's really slick. Um, yeah. Like somebody even commented, Oh, I'd love one for customize as well. Uh, that'd be dope. Yeah. The more the merrier, right? Totally. Moving along from that. Uh, update Chrome or any Chrome derivative browser. There is a uh, zero day that has been unleashed on us. So highly encourage you to do like, just stay up to date on your browser. You know how many times I get on a call and somebody's browsers like red update me now kind of thing. Like that's not good. <laughs> and if it's your business that's keeping you from doing that, you might want to let them know they're preventing you from updating against zero days. Right? Like that's a big deal. Um, I couldn't imagine if I couldn't upgrade my browser just in place. Yikes, that would hurt. Anyways, um, security advisory for upcoming uh, OpenSSL vulnerability. Yes, this is a big one. The, the, the OpenSSL team says they have not one, but two releases coming out tomorrow, November 1st. Uh, one is a critical vulnerability for OpenSSL 
3.x, that branch. So if you're not using OpenSSL 3 on any of your systems yet, you're okay. Because the update to the 1x branch is a bug fix. That's it. It's not a security update. So this only impacts the 3.0 branch. So as you're looking through your systems, if you see any OpenSSL 3, like you need to make sure that is patched tomorrow morning, first thing, once the patch is released, right? Like be ready now. Don't wait. They've given us a week notice on this. And if you're just now hearing about it, I'm sorry. But yeah. Anyways. Um, coming along here. Do, 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 do. Uh, there's the Windows thing. How will Twitter change as a private company? Yeah, I mean, everything moves from stock to cash kind of deal. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's is what it is. Um, okay, so one thing I saw, uh, and uh, Maddie Stratton pointed this out. Uh, one thing I saw at KubeCon was somebody, Humanitech, I don't know why they did this. Stupidest thing they could have done as far as marketing goes. DevOps is dead. It's platform mark, platform management or platform engineering now. Wait a minute. Don't you need a subset of DevOps things and practices and tools to do platform engineering? Yes. So Maddie just shared like a, a post, right? Like with a sign, like not even a picture. When he put the picture up, he even excluded the company name. I just called him out straight up and just laughed, right? Like I didn't even go to the booth. I just looked at it and laughed. <laughs> and Jackie, Jack's uh, DevOps Jackie on Twitter, she responded with DevOps is dead, but this thing that is arguably a subset of DevOps is the answer. Shades, shades on emoji. Yeah. So like, just because it's called platform engineering now doesn't mean the practices are gone. Doesn't mean the people and the process and the tools you sh that all three still matters in that same order still in platform engineering. So by my definition of DevOps or Emily Freeman's definition of DevOps, platform engineering is a subset of DevOps. Sorry. DevOps is not dead. It's just been renamed for now. Um, and even then, like you could say DevOps is something else that kind of do. Yeah. Whatever. Um, or DevOps is derived from some other processes, or it's just a collection of ideas for that matter. Uh, this is cool. Um, so StarGZ, if you haven't heard of StarGZ or uh, the, these, yeah, it's called SOGI, but S-O-C-I, SOGI, get it? Um, streaming OCI images. If you've not heard of this yet, like you probably, especially if you're in like, the big container business, right? Like split up your layers to be a little bit more compact or just split them up in general. And you can actually stream each layer coming to your container or your pod, I should say, as you're pulling it in. So if your container images have like, oh, it's got a scratch, it's got a multi-stage build, and then it's got the actual application being pulled in and everything else and starts running, like think about being able to pull in your OS layer, all the all the critical layers you need before your application starts as they're spun up. So like the OS layer comes up and then you bring in your, you know, any kind of configuration standardization you need to do, boom, that's done and done. Or you check in on some update service or whatever, whatever it is that you need to do prior to your pods getting updated, make that another layer. Whatever it is you need to do as far as, you know, host listening, everything like that, try and do that, you know, as a layer. And, and you can pull those in with the StarGZ snapshotter as a standard OCI image, right? Like, and you can do this on EKS right now. So eStarGZ is 
like standard and Sochi streaming OCI is the implementation that AWS put out as an open source uh, about a month ago now, I think. So you don't have to download the entire image before you do anything with it, basically. It very much borrows from front-end development where it's like lazy load images on the web. Same kind of concept. Just going to lazy load layers. Pull in each layer as we go, load it up, and then do the next layer and load it up and then do the next layer. But that means you can start running your container before you're finished even pulling like an, a an AI ML model potentially, right? Like your container could be running and then the model gets applied and then you see it starts sucking up resources, right? Like the model layer gets pulled in and it started and it's going and boom, everything's happy. So yeah, this allows you to do um, A, some compression of that streaming as well. And then B, like just the streaming of it, you know, individual layers is very efficient. So pulling all that in, like each little layer, one by one by one, this article tells you how to do that. This article tells you how to do it on Amazon EKS, which you know, arguably is the biggest uh, Kubernetes service out there right now. So it's essentially a seekable TarGZ format. So you can, you know, set this all up you can be off and running and enjoying a lovely life of faster pod loading, more efficient pod loading, and just in general space savings, you know, right? Compressing everything in safe space. Let's see. Oh, and regarding the OpenSSL issue, Fedora 37 has was supposed to release this week. It's been pushed back a couple of weeks. They want to make sure that their I's are dotted and T's are crossed with this one before they drop a full release three days after a critical bug and open SSL was fixed. Probably a good idea. Um, actually, it's a great idea. So, yeah, just good, good, smart program management yet again by Fedora. Just the way to roll. Um, they're doing a great job over there for the Fedora team. Is. I, I mean, I know I used to work at Red Hat. And I say that, but like watching Fedora grow as it has is awesome, right? Like when I first started Red Hat, you know, a lot of people were like, uh, you know, Fedora's almost there for a desktop OS. By the time I left, it was a desktop OS, like good to go, nice and solid server OS, good desktop OS with all the trimmings, and off you went. All right. So I'm scrolling through the analytics page, which isn't really an analytics page on LinkedIn. It just shows you your posts, and then I can go and look at the number of impressions on each individual post as they happen. Like, it's not a good analytics platform at all. Um, but it's an analytics way for me to, you know, find things that are good for the newsletter. The current state of Vault and Kubernetes and its future plans. Highly encourage you to read this if you're a Vault or just HashiCorp person in general, right? We'll give you some context as to what they're thinking and how they're doing. Um, you know, they have their helm chart, they have an agent sidecar injector and how to use that. You can use the Kubernetes secrets engine, the Kubernetes auth engine, the vault CSI provider, future plans, um, large scale users of vault Kates. Like they want to talk to those folks and learn about ways to improve that. But like in general, greater availability, increased efficiency, those kinds of things are very important to them. Now, if they were smart, they would say, like here's HA Vault for all you people that are running Vault as like if it goes down, it's a set one service in your Kubernetes environment. It'd be nice if they said like here's how to do that without actually paying us money, but they've got to make money somehow too. So if HA is a feature they put behind their paid version, then I guess we got to live with that. 
But if you're running on Kubernetes, you do have a semi-layer of HA. Just don't let the open source version go down uh, without realizing that it'll take down your whole infrastructure in the process. <laughs> so I know a lot of people running a open source HashiCorp fault on Kubernetes, and they say they haven't had a problem with it. Like it's just rock solid and it just works. But again, if their cluster goes down or if you know, the vault instance goes down for some reason, like their entire environment's going to get impacted by it. So they know it's a sev one the second anything goes bump in the night there. So proper monitoring, proper everything will get you to vault glory and Kubernetes. And they're looking to improve upon it. So let it run. Uh, my friends at Fermion, you know, it's a tough economy right now, but my friends at Fermion managed to raise $20 million. That's really impressive, right? Especially in this economy. You know, not, not, not a ton of money flowing into the venture sector unless you have a solid business model. Again, Fermion does. It's based on Wasm. They have a Wasm platform. It all just works. It's a really nice tool set. Check it out, right? Like these people came from Microsoft and you know other good companies, the WebAssembly you know, contributors they are. And yeah, like their platform works with Rust.net, Go, JavaScript, blah, blah, blah. You know, insert language here kind of deal. And yeah, they're based in Colorado and they've raised $26 million to date. So good for them. And I was happy to see them this week or this past week at KubeCon. Uh, moving down the list. Oh man, they have added this. Maybe it's just on the mobile version of the website. They've added this show more results page and it sucks. Um, time check. Almost at the top here. Oh yeah. Hey, yeah. Six store announces general availability. Uh, open SSF press release here. So, you know, I hate press releases, but sometimes that's all I get. Um, so Sigstore has gone GA, and it is probably going to become the thing to kind of supplant Notary, I hope, maybe? Because you know, Notary isn't exactly easy. And, and these tools, like, I I believe in the folks that are behind Sigstore, all but one of them. Uh, and that, you know, the entire company, all but one of them. Uh, so that's pretty good. And I think uh, the good folks over there are going to, help us a lot. Mm. Thank you, Mauricio, for pointing out Ampere Computing as an ARM manufacturer here in the U.S. That is absolutely correct. I forgot about them. But they make really good chips, really big chips with lots of cores. So if you want a really good ARM box, check that one out. <laughs> Ampere Computing. Uh, I believe he responded in... Yeah, like, it's right after the Microsoft box. So yeah, I would love to get an Ampere like server just to be in my house. It'd be the most efficient thing in the house, despite it having so many cores, you know, <laughs> other than like iPhone, iPad kind of thing. But uh, yeah, the, the money in the bank account's not there for that. Not just yet. Also releasing version 1.8 last week was Caverno. Um, and they did a blog post, which is awesome. So Caverno is, you know, Kate's policies and, you know, security management type tool. A lot of cool stuff coming out. Uh, also, oh, I should mention this, right? Like Nermata, the company that you know takes Caverno and turns it into a product kind of thing, uh, they're running a survey about uh, policies in Kubernetes, who's using them, who's not using them, that kind of thing. Uh, and based off, if you go to my website, you can see the notes, ChrisShort.net, the notes from an open space I did at Dev Day Chicago, where there was a lot of Kubernetes users that showed up at this open space, about 25. Um, 
when the, the room was asked, is everybody doing, you know, least privilege type management? Nobody raised their hand. Is anybody doing policy management? Nobody raised their hand. Is anyone doing policies at all? Nobody raised their hand. So like, yeah, that's kind of a big gap right now for Kubernetes. And I feel like it's one of those gaps that's going to leave us vulnerable to something. So let me go find uh, Kim McMahon on Twitter real quick. And actually, no, it's in my newsletter. Duh, I put it in my newsletter this week. When in doubt, go to devopsers.com. If I could spell, you would think it would just come right up for me, but no. Um, bah, 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 bah. It's a link somewhere in here. Let's just do policy. Yeah, here we go. Here's a survey. I'm going to copy that. It's just a survey monkey thing. No, no, nothing hard. Um, just go through it real quick. Tell folks what you're doing. Let folks know if you're doing the whole policy uh, at scale thing and let them know how it's going because this will help drive initiatives in Caverno and Nermata, right? Like this data set will make people A, start to worry about policies because they're not in place. And then B, um, will help Nermata kind of drive their company direction as well. And keep in mind, they're a startup in this space and they're helping Kyverno along. So we need them to be good. We need them to thrive and be successful. So please take the survey. It's in the newsletter under processes. Um, and I've shared it out as well here on the whatever Twitter, Twitter space. Yeah, that thing. And of course, I just closed Twitter when I did that. Stand by. Twitter there. Browser here. Yes, thank you. All right. No, I need to take two thirds there. You're going to have the whole whopping two thirds of the screen. Oh, and it scrolled me back to the top, of course. All right. Well, we'll just stop there today. Um, thank you for joining, everybody. Uh, might be the best showing we've had yet, you know, live. If you, any questions from the audience, feel free to request to speak now. Raise your hand, whatever you want to do. And uh, let you come on, ask some questions. And if not, we'll just wrap it up for the day. All right. And without further ado, tune in next time. Should be next week. I haven't set up the uh, space yet, but next week, same bad time, same bad channel. Should be the week to uh, talk more about, well, not more about. That'll be two weeks from now. Anyways, I'll save that for a later podcast. Uh, so thank you for joining. Appreciate your time. Have a great week. Don't hesitate to reach out if you got questions. Feel free to DM me anytime. And stay safe out there, folks.